0: I think it's obvious that any creator would tell you that they don't really want their personal life on display unless they're crazy.
1: (laughs) Earlier in the year, you dealt with some personal issues that were made very public. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) I know that it's true. You
0: can't have even the possibility of someone taking advantage of you or having an uneven dynamic in the relationship. My subreddit is is mostly just memes most of the time, but when shit came out, they were really like super supportive, <laughs> super kind, don't attack anyone, let's just support Carson. And, and that was super cool.
2: This is the first time we've actually had a globally recognized professional athlete champion on the podcast. Your dominance, Carson, with eight ball. What? Is something. (laughs) Legendary proportions.
1: Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. And joining us is, once again... Carson, Carson, thanks for coming back into the Create Unknown.
0: Hello. I'm, dude, I'm glad to be back in the Create Unknown. <laughs> we're ex- I'm, no, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. We're, we're, I'm ex- excited. we're
1: excited to have you back. Um, It's been a while and, and a lot has happened since your first appearance. Um, I don't even know if we're going to get to all the things I want to ask you about, but uh-huh. to, to begin with. I mean,
0: there's like this whole pandemic thing or whatever, right? What's That's that thing? Pandemic? Oh, right. Yeah. What is yeah. it? What if,
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the funny thing about the pandemic is whenever I talk to, to family or um, co-workers that are asking me how I'm doing during the pandemic, I'm like, well, it things really haven't changed a lot for me. Have no. they changed for you? Uh,
0: the only thing is I can't travel. Um, yeah. Besides that, I'm still, you know, I went from working in my bedroom to working in my bedroom so (laughs) Uh, not not too big of a difference
2: you know something that happened though between when we talked last and now is we saw you at vidcon
0: oh is that it's been that long that happened wow that's crazy oh geez huh i didn't realize huh that's crazy that it's been over a year then yeah
2: i think it's been about a year and a half
0: wow well, nice to talk to you guys again. How have you been? We've been good,
1: man. You have exploded in popularity in in that time. Have I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't remember how many followers you had during uh, TCU appearance one, but I think it was perhaps a tenth of where you're at now. What? Yeah, I think so. No. I think you've no. There's no way. No, dude. really. I think you've no. You've gained like hundreds of thousands of followers in the last <laughs> year. Easy. Am I wrong?
0: I don't think so. I In the last year, probably, but I like, so. I don't, I don't know. I don't think of it like that.
2: <laughs> if you were a state, you'd have increased your representation in the house by like seven seats between then and now. It's that significant.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> the Carson delegation that's a good way will have increased.
0: Again. Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. I, I mean, I don't, I, I guess, yeah, I've gotten bigger. I don't, I didn't even think about that. That's pretty cool though. I'm glad to be back though. How do you think
1: about it? Because, you know, one thing that I've noticed that you've done, I've noticed Quackity has done this as well, is that you both have created second Twitter accounts that seem like more (laughs) just more personal or or what's the deal? What's the thought behind having the second Twitter account?
0: Uh, So there's stuff in my brain that I want to put out in the world that I had no outlet for. Um, so I typically just put that on my second Twitter. And so the people that want to follow that Twitter can, um, but like, it doesn't mess with like my overall brand or anything, uh, when I'm tweeting on my main account.
1: So that's, that's something that, uh, Matt, you brought up, um, in our last podcast that you wanted to talk about in a future episode, um, which is the difference between people's online persona Mm. and who they are, you know, in real life. You know, I think that. That's a perfect example of of your kind of hypothesis there of, of how that can change depending on what brand you settle into as a creator or an influencer or whatever, as opposed to the person behind it.
2: But you do it too, Kevin. I mean, you do one thing when you tweet on Vsauce2 and yeah. on the socials and stuff. You And it's not like it's a different person so much as it's different stuff where… You're sticking to Vsauce 2 related. It's more,
0: it's more, you're just putting out a different, it's, it's the same theory behind putting out two different YouTube channels, um, because you, you're, you're just providing different content, quote unquote. I mean, as much as content you can fit in a tweet, um, you're putting different stuff out there into the world. So for the people that want to see that you have a different location for it so that it's not all metal together.
1: Is one more real than the other? I guess is my question at this point, because I I think of my personal Twitter tweets as being closer to who I am, I think, than my VSauce 2 tweets. What about, what are your thoughts on that?
0: My main Twitter is jokes, uh, generally. Whereas my second Twitter is anything else, <laughs> like anything else that's interesting to me, or or like stream updates, or or jokes that don't fit the main Twitter. It's just everything else. Whereas my main Twitter, it's just I uh, I tweet a joke a day, and then I and then I leave it, or like I respond to goofy tweets that I see, or if I'm promoting something, it's it's, that, it's all for that. But as far as what's more real, um, I mean, they're both. Really, me, but like I'm putting more of myself out there on on the second Twitter. I would say,
2: do you regret opening up on second second Twitter at all?
0: Uh, yes and no. Um, I'm I'm glad to have the outlet, but I think it's kind of weird that um I don't know. It kind of started off pretty small, but now it's obviously got a lot more followers. So I have to think about it again of what I'm tweeting. Uh, <laughs> so I mean. It, it's fine. I, I don't, I, I like having it. I like being able to just put myself out there more and, and just be able to spam an account with my stupid thoughts. Um, <laughs> But I don't, I, I don't think I necessarily regret it.
1: Well, another thing that happened, um, you know, Matt and I also discussed in our last podcast is just, we were really uh, like our personal lives were decimated by various events. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, oh man, I was supposed to be on a game show of yours. And remember <laughs> that, like, yeah. and then I just ducked, yeah. ducked out and you were supposed to be come on the podcast. Um, and this was like six weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Matt also had things that were that just sidelined him, but you have dealt with this as well. You know, very uh, publicly mm-hmm. earlier in the year, um, you dealt with some personal issues that were made very public this is true and i just really i, I know that it's true
2: you know kevin and, as you're talking I, about this it's like yeah our personal crises happened but ours weren't on the trending tab every 4 they days they were not
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah yeah we were able to duck out um and and handle things you know personally you mm-hmm. really weren't you couldn't handle what was happening personally alone uh because you had a lot of people talking about what was going on so yeah let's go through that man like what was that all about
0: well the first thing i think groundwork here i was the reason that it came out in the first place so it's it's kind of my fault that it was dealt with so publicly um i don't i don't think it's 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 fair to say it was out of my control uh, <laughs> for it to come out publicly. But yeah, kind of dealing with it publicly was a lot more difficult. Uh, a very different state of mind when, when I came out with it. But yeah.
1: I mean, what I recall, um, and this is going back, what, about six months ago, roughly? Um, what I recall was um, seeing, a, quite honestly, a pretty cryptic tweet from you that, that made me worried, made me really worried. I remember DMing, Um, a couple of your friends, uh, I think Ted was one of them just, and I DM'd you just being like, Hey, like what's going on? Is everything okay? And then eventually it came out like what had been going on with, uh, the, the girl that you were seeing at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and eventually things like got made more and more public, but what was it like to have your personal life just on display for everybody to talk about?
0: Uh, terrifying yeah. um, <laughs> uh, it was very extreme um, it was kind of absurd that that so many people cared about my personal life and I, I think it was a very unique situation because it blew up more and more because of the absurdity of, of everything that had to do with it mm-hmm. <laughs> just more and more shit came out and I can swear right swear away okay
2: <laughs> is, is, he, is he jeopardizing Sorry. our 37 cents of monetization <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah no go
0: uh, go ahead uh, yeah i i mean i i think it's obvious that any creator would tell you that they don't really want their personal life on display unless they're um crazy <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh I, I very much learned that um in the future keep it as private as possible um it's a hell of a lot harder when uh, to, to like take care of yourself when you're putting out all these other fires um, publicly for people. Um, so, uh, yeah.
1: Here's my big question. Like, here's the big question of the podcast. OK, are you ready?
0: <laughs> OK.
1: Do you think it's a bad idea for people who have very prominent online personas who make their living online to date other people doing the same thing.
0: Oh, is this the big topic? That,
1: that's my big question. I want to know that. I want to I I don't have an answer to it. I want to hear what both of you two think about that concept.
0: Would you like to go first? Matthew? I can.
1: I can. It's something that I've talked
2: I mean about a lot privately and it has come up um <clears throat> not with me, not with me personally, but I've I've dated people who have dated very prominent people and worked with them and worked in the Mm -hmm. industries that they're in, things like that. And, and just had long conversations about the merits and the problems with that. And so, for example, it's not uncommon at all for an actor uh, to date a stylist or makeup artist or somebody, uh, a hairstylist uh, who's in the same kind of sphere, understands how it works, understands the demands of it is around all the time too. Um, mm. it, it makes a lot of sense and it's a very complementary thing. That's not the same though, as, <clears throat> as like a, a high profile actor and actress, uh, dating each other. And they're, you know, always in different places and uh, working on different projects and stuff. Um, so th- I think there are a couple different scenarios on it, but uh, when we, you know, in the conversations that I had, the consensus has kind of been, it depends on the two people and whether they're okay with things like, like distance, things like really busy, heavy schedules, getting in the way things like one person being popular at a time and another not being popular mm. being, uh, in a supporting role, which is a weird thing. Um, you know, I've, I've, when I've been in the situation, uh, I I've been obviously in the supporting role because I'm, is if there's like a D minus list of online media, <laughs> you know that's that's what i'm on um so some people who are used to being you know the a list person it's tough for them to you know do the supporting thing at times so all these dynamics mm-hmm. just depend on the people who they're fitting with uh, and i think sometimes is a very very good fit there are examples of hollywood couples that are legendary and truly sincerely happy and you know then there's johnny depp and amber heard
0: mm-hmm. um I so so your original question, Kevin, was do you think it's OK for people um, to like creators to date other creators or or public figures, date other public figures and and like how that affects everything? Right.
1: Yeah, essentially. And and do you I mean and then you could take it a step further and 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 consider whether you would do do it again in the future date somebody right. who is high profile, you know? Like w- what are your thoughts on that? Uh
0: I would say um I agree with Matthew on that it really depends on the people, but I don't think it's healthy to make it a very public thing. I don't think it's healthy to make the the attention and public opinion on your relationship part of your relationship in the first place. I think it can lead to a lot of strife in your relationships. I would say I personally would never date another um, public figure again unless it's completely private and no one knows until I'm like married because <laughs> <laughs> it is because you can't you can't have even the the possibility of someone taking advantage of you or or having an uneven dynamic in the relationship and in public. And then there's there's all there's so many different combinations of problems that could come as a result of that being a public issue. And it's it's hard enough to keep a relationship together when it's just you two, you know? <laughs> so I personally would say no, I would never do it again, especially not in front of everyone. It's very entertaining. I think there's a lot of rewards and merits for, as far as a public figure goes, to have a relationship like that. It feels good to, to see everyone out there validating your, your relationship with someone. But at the same time, that becomes a very toxic relationship with the, the public opinion of what should be a one-on-one relationship.
1: Yeah. I've, I've known some creators who have dated other creators and. Would you like to name them, Kevin? Not, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, I would not. Um, (laughs) um, we should make but a leaks I,
2: tier where, for a certain price, you just find out all man. of the things we know.
0: Dude, you would make a lot of money. Dirt, I'd pay for that. The
1: dirt, the dirt tier, <laughs> <laughs> dirt, dirt, dirt squad, dirt squad. <laughs> um, and you know, he mentioned. You know, you 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 mentioned that there are like uh, different dynamics at play that could cause. Problems. I have an example Mm -hmm. of that, Um, somebody that I knew who was dating another influencer, and there would be things such as, hey, why aren't you promoting me more, right? Like, you love me, don't you? Why aren't you helping me get more subscribers? Which seems like a really unfair thing to do to the person that you're dating, but at the same time, I also Mm -hmm. get it because you feel like, hey, you know, if you love me, why aren't you trying to help me? But but you're you're you are mixing these two things in a way mm-hmm. that I guess is probably great for certain influencers because I could see plenty of people who are like combining. There's like a multiplier effect where they're like they're sharing audiences and ooh, yeah. what are we gonna do mm-hmm. next together? And you know, <laughs> oh, I'm Ashton Kutcher and uh, Mila Kunis and and <laughs> anytime we go out to dinner, it's an event that sort of thing. But is that the healthiest thing? What do you guys think about that? No.
0: (laughs) Definitely not. Is it bad that as you're Um,
1: describing
2: that, I'm thinking of a thumbnail for a highlight that's Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis kissing and we we put both of your faces on instead? That's going to be a good thumbnail.
0: What?
1: (laughs) That thought lulls me to to sleep each night.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> to answer your question, Kevin, I I do not think it's healthy at all. I think it's, uh, again, you suddenly are making an echo chamber of people that get a glimpse of your relationship, but don't know everything. And then it creates sudden expectations for, for your significant other or for you in the relationship that are completely biased or or uninformed or any of that. And it just it just makes everything a hundred times more difficult. It, and and relationship problems, I mean relationship problems are difficult. You but <laughs> you're adding on so many more. It's it's such a mess. My take here is is no. <laughs>
2: Was it weird to see people develop into kind of worrying tribes on this? Because one element to that that made it such a long public saga, you know, in terms of the the followers perspective is that, you know, there are a bunch of different people involved as things played out. And at a certain point, I, I remember thinking like, this is kind of Game of Thrones ish where it's like, whose house do you support? <laughs> you know, like, which flag are you rallying around? Because there's so many people. What was it like to see? an audience that's, that's kind of a mass of goofballs. And I mean that in the most endearing way possible, everybody's rallying around the same attitude and, and kind of fun approach to everything. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. they're kind of swearing allegiance here and there and splitting apart. What was that like from your perspective?
0: Um, generally most of my fans were really chill about it. Like, (laughs) um, my subreddit is, is mostly like just, Memes most of the time, but like when shit came out, they were really like hardcore like <laughs> like super supportive, <laughs> super kind um and and basically went out and said, You know, don't attack anyone, let's just support Carson that's that's all he wants and and that was super cool, as far as seeing the rest of the internet kind of develop on on all of this, it wasn't really about me. Um, most of the time it was, I th- I think most of the issues were about the other people involved. So it, it really didn't affect me all that much. It was a little bit nerve wracking because I was like, what's going to happen next? But I mean, like I was involved in everything, but also involved in nothing. So it, yeah. Ooh, Ooh,
1: Ooh. I thought of the other ooh. big question that I had oh. about all of this. Okay. Here it is. Here's my other big question. Uh-oh. and it it is uh tangentially related it is this okay. okay so let me preface this by saying in case anyone is new to the Create unknown and they're not familiar with Matt and I we are boomers we are old yeah. we we uh existed on planet Earth long before YouTube and <laughs> and uh you know we were able How older you guys again uh Man, we are both like push. We are on the south side of thirty. I'm gonna okay? look it up. We're on the south side of thirty. I'm comfortable saying. <sighs> I'm, I'm
2: comfortable saying because I post it on Twitter. I recently turned thirty-eight.
0: You're thirty-six, Kevin. Yep. Wow. I know. Ancient. You guys are, you guys are old. Ancient. Hey, shout out though. It's cool that you have this job with that age, dude. I there's, there's not much variety most of the time because so many people are so young on, on the site. So it's cool to have people that are a little bit older than me that I think are super sick to, to do stuff like this with, you know, I want
2: to talk about relationship well, problems. You know what it's like explaining to somebody our age, why you're exploding in laughter and what's on the screen is like poo poo pee pee you know Um, how much of a problem that is
0: yeah (laughs) i'm sorry that's my fault
1: (laughs) it's seriously that that is true Uh, um but my my point in all of this is this matt and i were able to uh have our a lot of our uh, trials and tribulations let's say with uh with dating uh, offline and and so far offline that it couldn't have been really online if we wanted them to be. So, mm-hmm. are is your generation? Are you guys guinea pigs in all of this in terms of trying to figure out how to go through stuff like this online? Because I, I oh. mean, as ridiculous as this is going to sound to like our younger audience, it's interesting to me that this is still a very new thing. And, um, everyone, you know, your age and younger kind of seeing this stuff so publicly around the world, literally because of the nature of the internet, uh, it's weird, it's weird, it's new, it's different, it's odd. And the lessons that you're learning, like Matt and I could learn pretty much by ourselves, you know, in our own mm-hmm. ways, but it seems as though, uh, people like you, uh, y- you have to learn this in front of everyone, like, that yeah. that is weird.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you summed it up really well. Uh, it's terrifying. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I I did not really date all that much in high school, and now I'm in a public figure position, and I, you know, I think every most people generally want to want to date and you know find love, uh, but I think there's a lot of challenges that come with being a public figure and and also wanting that. So I I don't know what I'm doing but you know I I'll stumble through and figure it out I'm sure.
2: I sorry to go back on a, a boomer stuff but I just as you're talking about this <laughs> I'm thinking about what it must be like for you like having honestly having a cell phone is a tremendous difference, right? And I remember yeah. being I'm like in the nineties, you know, like, eh, you know, you're 17 or whatever. And obviously you're older than that. But I mean, when, when you're getting used to all of this stuff, um, you know, you had to, you had to call somebody on their house phone and their parents were probably going to answer, you know? And <laughs> yeah. like, so people knew that every time you, every time you called, they knew it was happening. And then like, could that person even have a private conversation? You know, was it possible? Because a lot of people still had wired phones, um, not cordless yeah. ones. And so that level of difference between like, yeah, you've got just real time access to everybody in your pocket all the time from whatever age on, you know, that, it's just such a tr- shocking difference in terms of being able to process this stuff and figure
0: out how to do it. Yeah, I think phones are are. <laughs> kind of awful. I think I think having technology strapped in all the time is, is probably very taxing. But I am also the worst offender because I don't think I've I've gone the last week without having my phone right by my side. So I <laughs> I it's kind of hypocritical. Um but yeah, I think it's I think it's terrible.
2: Did you think that you were gonna break at some point with this when it really got break. crazy? Like you were just plane going to hit a point where you've had enough and you want it out of, of online life, uh, that, that just everything had been put on display. It was stressful enough to where you just didn't want to do the social media stuff anymore. Did, did you come close to that? Yes. How close?
0: Um, uh, I was talking to my therapist about it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, this is kind of what I know how to do is what I enjoy. And, you can't just leave. You've lost all of your anonymity um, because the people that know of me now aren't going to just suddenly forget about me if I leave. Um, I can still get recognized in public anywhere I go. Um, that's not just going to suddenly disappear. So recognizing that is is very good so that I can take a step back and say, okay, so I can't just run away from this um, As much, even if I want to. Uh, so maybe I should just kind of try and keep moving forward the best I can.
1: Did you have a sense of what, uh, career change, uh, Carson was going to look like, like what you yeah. were going to do? No, no sense of that.
0: <laughs> no, I, I have <laughs> no idea what I would do. I have no clue. I, I don't have, I don't have the resume for it. I, I, I dropped out of college. I have no clue what I would do if I wasn't doing YouTube. Would
2: you go back to school?
0: if I have to, I don't want to, I hate school. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand school, but I mean, if there's no other options, then yeah, I would, I would go back to the school. How so
1: long how, was, <clears throat> go, go ahead, Matt. Okay.
2: Uh, how long did it take when, you know, everything breaks open, everything's getting crazy. How long did it take be before you hit a point where you thought this is going to be okay. I'm on the other side of this and I, I'm going to move on and, and just you know, continue with everything. How long was this whole process?
0: Um, I'm not sure well, i w- I started getting really depressed even before anything started happening. Um and then the the drama started, and then I was like, "Whoa, um, but I started feeling myself again around May, and it started around like beginning of February everything so about four months that's a while really rough that's
2: a long time
0: yeah so like i was i was at my lowest um either end of february or beginning of march um and then i slowly started building back and actually ironically when the stuff came out it was like a load off my chest and um i started healing uh even if it was not good that it came out (laughs) um but I did start getting better when that started happening.
1: I want to be clear that uh, the reason that I wanted to talk about this so much is, again, going back to kind of like that guinea pig idea is I feel like mm-hmm. this is really important. And 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 I'm sorry that you had to go through this for other people to to learn about this dynamic. But and, and of course, like your situation does not a rule make. It's not like this is going to happen to everybody. But this can happen, and and I think that it's important that as people are growing up on the internet and growing up being, you know, on Twitter all day or having their YouTube channel or you know TikTok until that gets banned, <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> Goodbye, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is, I, I'm hoping that and, and part of the reason we do this pod, the, the reason we do this podcast is to really discuss. Serious stuff when it comes to being an online creator. And, you know, we love supporting and analyzing people who do this for their, for, for, for their life. So uh, that is just to say that, you know, this is an important moment. And I think, at least I hope, that maybe people can take a look at this situation and, mm, I don't know, learn something from it. I mean, mm-hmm. probably not. When it comes to love, people usually just do whatever they feel, they feel like their hearts I, tell I think them to. People, so it's not like
0: a, I think people will continue screwing up because that's <laughs> human nature. Right? I yeah. do think it's uh, relevant to
2: everybody, though, in a way that more so than most of the topics we discuss, because even though you know most people listening do not have tremendous followings uh, anywhere online, most of them at some point are going to. Be in a a relationship that the people in their lives know about. And, you know, what was interesting to me about following along with all of this is that it honestly was what a lot of people go through just on a massive, freakishly large and open scale. Right. But it's the same sort of horror. Like I remember feeling this back in the Facebook days. The absolute dread that I felt at one point. Where you had to change relationship status. And at that time, (laughs) Facebook automatically put it on your feed. Like you couldn't take it off. You couldn't hide it. If you change the status, you know, you've updated it. And it's like, you know, Matthew Tabor's now single. And it was just the most damning, bizarre thing. You're like, okay, every single person (laughs) who follows me is going to just see that I got dumped. Like this sucks. <laughs> it was a horrible feeling and there's no fame attached to it at all. And I think it's like that. Well, you for know everybody.
0: how you avoid that? You know, you don't put up your relationship status in the first place.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Eventually that's what I did where it's just like, no, I, I, I'm not going to put this on and then I'll never have to deal with that. And it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm posting thirsty lawnmower pictures and getting, you know, an inbox. <laughs> full of ladies.
0: <laughs> what is it with you and lawnmowers, dude? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so like that time has passed for me. Uh so there was no there was nothing lost there. But yeah, I think anybody yeah. who's who posts, you know, pictures and stuff on their Instagram, it's like, "Oh, why why aren't there any pictures of you and your boyfriend anymore? Like what happened there?" You know, I think everybody feels <laughs> what you had to feel just on a much smaller scale.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, I I would imagine uh, but I think there was definitely some absurdity to the situation that uh, not everyone would deal with, obviously. Um, But I agree. I think it is something that a lot of people could relate to. Um, But I hope a lot of people don't have to go through it because obviously it sucks.
1: (laughs) It reminds me a bit of... uh dating at work is usually frowned upon right like dating your co-worker right because if the relationship right. sours then it just makes it miserable for everybody at work and this is like dating at work in front of the world <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's why kevin and
2: i have oh. never
0: dated by the way it just it's has true. the capacity yeah. to get too messy Ugh. i mean i wouldn't yeah. want to date kevin either
1: <laughs> no no my, i mean my wife would be really upset if i dated either of you honestly
0: are you married yeah happily
2: yeah if he wasn't good. would he say it on this podcast
0: i don't know that's the good do you have children does,
1: uh no no but that's funny though does anybody say unless unless it's like uh al bundy like do you ever actually that's such an old reference oh my god i'm gonna get made fun of for a married with children reference but nobody says un unhappily married um the 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 other thing I wanted to get into while we have you, Carson, has to do with stands because ah, uh, yes. let me tell you, Carson, uh, Kevin Lieber of Vsauce 2 does not have a lot of stands. You know, right. there are people who like my videos. There are people who love this yeah. podcast. But um, stands seem to be a different thing, like a different level well, um, I can't tell what,
0: you why I, I have. Some, what's up with that? Salsa. What
1: is it? What is a stand? Can you define stand?
0: <laughs> yes, um, a stand is typically a a fan that is a little bit obsessive or or takes like the creator's traits as their own to find friends. I guess so. So a lot of stands will typically congregate in in the same circles online. Um, they will change their profile picture to a, a creator and then other stands will find this person and then try and become friends with them because they like the same person. So, so these create big social circles that, that quote unquote, stand a creator. Um, and then my opinion is that it can become a rather toxic echo chamber of a lot of people who want to keep friends. And then one has the opinion and then everyone follows that opinion because they want to stay friends with that person type of thing um so for me i've dealt with a lot of stands uh that have been rather toxic towards me or or found things to they're very nitpicky on a lot of stuff this is not the same for everyone but for me that's that's been my experience why do you bring up stands
1: well I remember this being like a whole thing. This is a whole thing about um, your stands causing problems. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always hear, I know that the, the term stand comes from that Eminem song where the guy is obsessed with Eminem and he keeps writing him letters. Right. And eventually, he, you know, he like kills himself because Eminem never wrote him back. And um, right. so it's like, yeah, obsessive fans. Um, but so you're saying essentially like a stand, they, they, Sort of make their identity or their online identity based around their fandom of a certain person
0: uh yes, so well, yes and no, I think they're all individuals, but they the way they're that stands typically become stands is because they want to make friends um of with people that share the same interests. Um, you'll see all these posts where where people will just list a bunch of things that they like and then say if you like any of these things uh dm me or something like that um and it's just a it's just i think it's a lot of teenagers that are generally just trying to make friends but mm-hmm. then they put themselves in in this social circle and then just kind of follow the pack i think they a lot of the stands will will say not to, that they take the word stand which. Is a combination of the word stalker and fan, and then say, "Well, we've changed the meaning of the word, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight against that." But um, yeah, I I think they're generally just people that are are trying to make friends, <laughs> uh, and and aren't going about it in the typical ways, um, instead going about it in online social circles.
2: Something happened the same time that that you were talking about stands on Twitter a lot. And when you, when the standpocalypse hit, uh, this, this tweet popped <laughs> from, uh, from Scott Kramer, who's really funny. Um, if anybody doesn't, uh-huh. doesn't know Scott Kramer, he's got like wholesome humor. It's awesome. I like him a lot. Somebody left a comment on one of his videos that was this long detailed comment that amounted to Scott, why are you doing what you want to do? Why can't you do the things that I was a fan of the funny things that I liked? And it, mm-hmm. it seemed like this person had become a, a stan of a thing that doesn't even exist anymore. Like, and almost like a stan of this brand rather than being a, a legitimate fan of Scott who continues to do, you know, different things. And th- th- everybody does unique stuff with their content. Uh, that's just the evolution mm-hmm. of it. And she was so bothered by him being original that she was just way too attached to whatever she was a, pan, a fan of in the past. Do you feel like mm-hmm. people have done that with with your humor?
0: Uh, no, because uh, my humor hasn't really changed. Um, but I would say there is a certain, um, I want to use the word, in, uh, well, entitlement, I guess, uh, that some people get where they feel like you know, they they supported you through this blah, blah, blah. And now you owe them. Um, and I think that's a result of parasocial relationships.
1: It sounds like this uh, starts out like completely innocently where someone is just like you said, trying to trying to make friends. And also, I want to go back and apologize for how for how boomer it was for me for me to ask you, like what a stand is. But um, no, no I, I, I seriously I think it's don't a Very know. new term. Yeah, like it's I'm a new not. Term, yeah. I'm not privy to that part of the internet, and and it is a new term, and it is just seems to be kind of like a new thing. And I don't, I don't have you know a thousand people using my face as their avatar, um, right. and demanding things uh, from me. So, uh, so how does it, my question is how does it go wrong? Like, how does it go from people just trying to make friends around the thing that they like to? demanding that you do X, Y, Z. Like, when does that happen? Well, uh,
0: so, well, I I have some theories. I have some theories. Um, First of all, I think a lot of them are teens. I think a lot of them are teenagers that haven't really grown up all that much yet. They feel as if they're the only people that, like their social circle is the only people that actually um, support and watch or, or enjoy that content with my stands that was very much the case they they say we've loved you and supported you through everything and this is how you treat us uh when when they were being very toxic towards me um
1: (laughs) how are you treating them like why would they say this is how you treat us what does that
0: mean so they they would get they get they start on these circles of getting very upset over anything that i do Mm -hmm. um and so I would just say, you know, I started commenting on that and then um, they started calling me racist and, and dragging up things from, from years ago. Like I, I said the N-word when I was like, um, I don't know, like 17 or something. And, and then they brought that back up and I was like, well, you know, I've changed. <laughs> I, was a, I was a stupid teenager myself back then. Um, clearly don't stand by that now. But then they go from that to then going to another thing or, or, or onto another thing just so that they, they can keep being angry. And then I think a lot of them would see their friends being angry over this thing and then also get angry over that thing so that the, their friends would like them or something like that. I saw so many people that don't watch me uh, start ganging up when, when I blocked a few stands. Um, and getting really upset at me. And it was like, you've never watched my content. Why do you care? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's really just a lot of teens that, that want to be friends with each other. And, and they just don't really know how. But then they use that kind of weird social dynamic with the creator as a um, certain sense of entitlement to them. Like they have say over that creator in a way, very weird. <laughs> Does that help?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm, but I'm, I'm. Or is
0: that is that too confusing?
1: <laughs> it's it's not confusing. I mean, we just did an hour and fifteen minutes talking about the Jenna Marbles situation, and what you just detailed reminds me a lot of what happened with her, where it seemed like she was getting bombarded and and mobbed in a lot of ways, I guess, by people who. might've been her biggest fans or maybe they were not. And they were just joining in on uh, attacking someone. So what is your advice then for handling this? Because it seems like an odd dynamic to me, this like thin line between biggest supporter and biggest attacker.
0: Well, I don't think any of my stands were my biggest supporters. Okay. Um, I I never thought that. (laughs) I think they, they thought they were. So, so, what's my what would be my advice to anyone that that deals with something like that?
1: Yeah, or or advice to people engaged in this and engaged in wanting to be um, a fan of someone without, I guess, um, getting well, drawn into that behavior.
0: Well, I think okay, I'm a fan of a lot of people, but I'm not going and then using the fact that I'm a fan of someone as a way to like um, either make friends or grow my social status or anything um uh so i would recommend don't make it your entire personality uh, online try to make friends based of of who you are um instead of making these weird social relationships online that are based off of just you liking another creator as the same person um as for other creators i would say cancel culture isn't real unless it's attacking sponsors or brands. Um, Otherwise, cancel culture, unless you really fucked up, unless you really fucked up, you are going to be fine. Um, In fact, most of the time when you are getting talked about, you're getting talked about more and more. It's actually going to help your brand. Um, Just be willing to say, you know, this isn't who I am now, uh, especially if it's something from a long time ago. Like just say, you know, I don't stand by that, and I've matured since then. So I don't know why you're bringing it up now. What are they going to say? Like, oh, you're you're still a terrible person now. Oh, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I I genuinely think you're going to be fine. Uh, just own up to your mistakes and and be willing to say I'm a different person. Than I was and I think you'll be fine or or if you stand by what you did then I mean say that and then give your reasons and then the people who disagree will will move on and you'll probably still have a platform so it, it doesn't matter Um, that's my two cents
1: another thing that came up that was I think Matt did you send this to me but Carson, you had gone on this uh, little bit of a rant about, and this is a total detour, by the way, <laughs> nothing to do with stands or anything. This is a is. Uh, this is a fork in the road in the conversation. But I wanted to ask you about it because it interested me a lot when I read it. And that had to do with your feelings about getting sucked into shows and you get sucked into this show and mm. you, you love it more than anything. Oh, you've been, anything. been paying attention
0: to my second Twitter account.
1: Hey, I follow you. Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm not a Stan, but I am, <laughs> uh, uh, a big fan. Oh, well, I
0: appreciate that.
1: Um, and yeah, so you get sucked into these shows and you are like moved to your core watching them, uh, anime, uh, uh serialized TV shows, whatever it is. And you say that you essentially have like a deep kind of like longing when they're over can you elaborate on yeah. that whole thing? Because I th- think that that's really interesting.
0: Um, there's I think it's very easy to get caught up in the world a show creates or a movie creates. And then when you leave it, you're left with a weird sense of longing or or a a returning to like, OK, here I am in, in my life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and whatever feelings that 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 show or movie created are just kind of gone or, or leaving. And, and it's not like a longing for for more of that. It's and because you could have a plenty fine show or movie that tells a great story and you're like that that's great. But personally, I, I will will watch something and then I'll think to myself, what am I feeling right now because I don't know how to describe it besides this weird like, longing for something and i don't know what it is whether it's like um i described in in this tweet thread that that you're referencing i described i don't know if i'm longing for more of the show i don't think i am uh i don't know if i'm longing to create more of the more something like this i don't think i am uh i don't know what it is but there's there's this certain feeling that that it leaves me with and i never really know how to describe it and i'm curious if you do
1: um I'm curious what Matt has to say about this first because I feel like there is something deeper going on here and I don't know how uh <laughs> you know like meta we want to get about this but mm-hmm. I feel like in a lot of ways we are ascribing a lot of meaning in our lives to entertainment like we are uh, kind of getting something that we are supposed to be getting from our personal lives instead out of this artificial entertainment edifice. Mm. Like, uh, am I getting way too sort of esoteric about I think this it's fair, though. or philosophical? No, I
2: think that's an absolutely fair thing to point out. Like it matters. It's different than it was. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, it is different in the sense that if you watched a TV show in the eighties, The best you could do was maybe talk about it the next day. Maybe. Um, Now, like you use pieces of entertainment to express who you are and what you like and what you find funny and what your values are. You know, I know most people aren't thinking about values, but, um, you know, it is that way. And you're posting clips and stuff about it and uh, interacting with accounts and just all that stuff. And so it's this outward expression that probably is a very new thing. And when a show is over, when it's not there, Uh, You lose that, you know, you, you lose that unless something comes back uh, the way, you know, the office has re exploded in popularity, but most shows aren't the office. Mm. They're not even close to it. And one that I, you know, one that I liked, I have this feeling, this, this, I also don't know how to describe it uh, because longing doesn't seem quite right. But um, the shows that I like are very few and far between because of the genres that I like. And so, uh, justified was one of those. Uh, it's, it's been off for a few years. Uh, but, uh, it was sort of like an FBI agent in Kentucky who, you know, breaks up the constantly at war with, you know, the family of low level, uh, Appalachian criminals kind of thing. And it's a modern Western. That's yeah, there aren't a lot of shows like that anymore. And, and I felt rough. There just wasn't anything for me to watch after that. And, I felt like I did not have an outlet to plug into if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't know anybody who watched that show at all. Uh, Longmire as well. Longmire is Longmire is a modern, also law enforcement Western. I I have a bit of a bit of a niche here that I enjoy. Um, but when that wrapped up, that was cool. You know, it's like, what do I do? Well, I I basically, to be honest, sit around and wait for another Western and, and they don't come very quickly. Uh, and in the meantime, I watch old stuff and uh, that's it. But I felt like, not that it was taken away from me, but I, I lost a thing that I liked and that, that wasn't, you know, it sucked. It sucked bad. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: Is it, well, is it, is it a religion thing? Like, I, I don't, uh, people are gonna, <laughs> like really like, uh, uh, yeah. is like it a, like, like, a completeness? Yeah. Like, is it, uh, I mean, You know, I don't go to church um, is is like tapping into these programs that are providing so much meaning where we lose ourselves in them and kind of vicariously experience, you know, a different part of our own like hopes and dreams or whatever. And I know that sounds over the top, but I really don't think that it is. I mean, think about uh, the meme of people who use like Harry Potter as their like window for viewing the world. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? It's where, where they like view everything through the lens of Harry Potter. Like, what is mm-hmm. that? But a, in some ways, like a supplanting of, uh, you know, a a, a myth, um, what, what used to be some sort of like legendary myth of old or whatever with like a new tale, uh, you know, but right. Does that make any sense? Well, what's, if that, if it's a
2: guiding framework, Carson, what's yours? What, what are the, what are the specific shows that, that you felt this over?
0: Yeah. Oh, I've, it's been so many. Uh, (laughs) uh, no, I, uh, I think I know what you're getting at Kevin and it's, and it's one of these things that's very hard to describe, but it is, it does almost feel, I I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how religious I am but I, I, I see how you can say there's almost a certain um, feeling of, of wholeness when you watch something that, that you resonate so well with and, and love. And, and when it's gone, it's not necessarily a, a longing for more, but an almost maybe incompleteness. Uh, maybe that's too much. Maybe that's over the top, but I, I know what you're saying.
1: It's it's I think transcendence, maybe. It's like you're transcending your <laughs> right?
0: whoa, transcendence. It, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it
1: it seems like that in some ways, that you're, you know, transcending your own reality mm-hmm. uh for this other one. And then when the when that other one is over, the transcendence mm-hmm. is over, and you're just back like sitting in your living room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. Transcendence is a strong word. That's why I originally uh, freaked out over it. But like, I know what you mean. Uh, like, I'm down. I'm down for these conversations. I want to get up my own ass over this shit because I think it's interesting. But I don't usually get the opportunity to. Um, but I I, I agree. I think there's I think there is a certain um, uh, transcendence. <laughs>
1: What deep. was the uh, what was the most recent one that you fell in love with? Didn't you mention some anime? Uh? Uh,
0: yeah, it's it's usually anime just because I watch a lot of anime, um, and because I, a lot of anime is like hero's journey type stuff. Right. Um, and I I really fuck with stuff like that. <laughs> uh, I I recently watched a show called Steins Gate, which is an anime that's basically a sci fi anime, and it was just w- so well put together and made and. And the soundtrack uh, hit really hard in, in a lot of ways. I watched it in like two days. Um, and, it, and when it finished, I just sat there and like I, I'm feeling something. There's more of the show too. like like there's more that I haven't watched. There's like a movie and then there's a there's a spinoff and I haven't I haven't gone into it. But I, I finished the, the first season. Of this, And I, I sat back and I, and I felt this feeling again that I feel so often when, when I finished watching something and I, and I didn't know how to, to articulate what I was feeling. And it's, it's strange.
1: I, I just remembered, I have uh, uh, one of my best friends in high school uh, purposefully wouldn't finish a lot of video games, wouldn't finish books, wouldn't finish like long TV series because he didn't want maybe I never understood this I always thought it was weird like dude why don't you beat the game why don't you like see what happens and how it ends and to him uh he, it was like he wanted to remain kind of whatever like place he was with that story um he he, he didn't want to know the ending because I guess then it will it was over and I and and and, and that's was sounded always crazy to me, but maybe it's a little bit a part of what we're talking about right now. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I see what you mean. I see what you mean.
1: But I was I would get mad at him because i wanted i would, I'd <laughs> want to talk
0: about like dude, Bro, I like, would I let's would let's talk about him.
1: the end of the game. Let's talk about I would the end slap of-
0: the shit out of him. I <laughs> want <wouldn't> to watch that.
1: <laughs> Can't even have a conversation about what happens at the end of Chrono Cross because you won't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> Chronocross, jeez <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. when did that come out? Yeah, long uh, well, time ago. I spent like
2: yeah ninety four or something, ninety five. Jeez, uh, dude. Yeah,
0: no. no, no initial release old. date for Chrono Cross was nineteen ninety nine. Oh. So the year I was born, Kevin.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
0: Yes, you were oh, an that's infant. Crazy. I did you want an to twist oh,
2: things up a little bit because I realized uh, about halfway through this recording that this is the first time we've actually had a globally recognized professional athlete champion on the podcast. Um, your dominance. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Your dominance Carson with eight ball. What is something
0: oh.
2: of, of <laughs> legendary proportions is anybody. Uh, can anybody challenge you? Is there anybody who's <laughs> ever going to be as good as you?
0: Can I be honest? Yes. I want to be completely candid with you. I, uh, I'm not as good as people think. Have you been underreporting I lost a lot your of losses? I know I didn't report my losses. There was no underreporting if you don't report them. All I reported was my wins, and then people people would only people would only tweet like the screenshots of me beating them. So it was really funny, and then people just assumed that I was like the god of eight ball, but like I was losing plenty of matches. But I was <laughs> playing a shit ton of matches a day, so it, the, the <laughs> wins just kept going up.
2: So this goes back to some For of those, those that don't
0: understand what's going on. For those that don't <laughs> understand, there's probably people that are listening. And they're like, what is he talking about? I played. So like in the middle of all this drama that was going on with me, i started playing eight ball against a bunch of people on iPhone game pigeon. Um, <laughs> and I got, I'm up to like almost 700 wins now. Uh, but like it just became a meme. is
2: 695. The most recent count.
0: Uh, Does that sound right? Let me look. Let me check my phone. I haven't been super proactive. That's a lot of wins. I'm at 697. I'm at 697. Okay. Um. But yeah, I. It just became a meme during all my drama, and and it became a thing, and and now people talk about eight ball with me a lot, which is goofy (laughs) as hell. But yeah, no. I I, did a lot of losses
1: on on eight ball in particular.
0: Um. So I. I was playing 8-Ball a little bit with my friend Schlatt. And then one day I decided, you know what? I am going to play a shit ton of 8-Ball. Uh, and, and that's how I'm going to keep in contact with a bunch of my friends. Because I, I've, I, I've been super out of contact with people um, going through all of this. And so I was just like, I want to stay in contact with people. And this is how I'm going to do it. So I started just sending 8-Ball requests to all my contacts. And then I started getting a bunch of other creators, uh, contact information to also play against them. Um, and it just became a thing that I was the eight ball guy for, for a couple of weeks and I tweeted about eight ball and it got like 200,000 likes or something <laughs> just because everyone's eyes were on me at the time because of <laughs> the drama going on. So <laughs>
2: it was the most masterful I, deflection I have ever seen on the internet. It was think, fantastic.
0: You think? It was so goofy. I was, I was very proud of it. I I will not lie. I was, I was getting something like something ridiculous, like 10,000 followers a day. And it was just me shitting about eight ball on Twitter. It's so funny. I literally tweeted. What is it? Well, at least I have eight ball. Two hundred twenty (laughs) three thousand likes. Amazing.
1: That's a quarter million people.
2: Kevin, did you have yep. any, any big, uh, any big themes? Because we, we have a couple of questions that
1: we want to throw at Carson. No, uh, those were all of the kind of the big topic stuff that I had. So I would love to hit up our baby gang questions for our friend Carson.
2: Yeah. It's everybody.
1: What's,
0: what's, uh, is, is baby gang your Patreon?
1: Yeah. We've got
2: uh, the tots, the dumpster crew, uh, because we all are dumpster babies to one degree or another. Uh, and then the infantry and baby gang um, make up the elite sphere. Um, Uh yeah, so we've got, you know, a bunch of people listening in live on this now, and they've shot some questions that, uh, super producer Ben W., who is a very healthy Carson fan, by the way, you remember at VidCon, you know, I I think I I showed you the video where he and and some friends did the steamroller art of you.
0: Yes. Oh, that was him. Yeah. gotcha.
2: Ben did that. Yeah. Yeah, so extremely healthy level of fandom that does not go into standom. Um
0: yeah. Uh so he pinned Yeah, no, stuff like that is cool. I don't want I don't want people to walk away from this and be like, Am I a stan? No, don't don't, <laughs> don't fucking worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: well well, uh, semi-stan Ben W has has pinned a bunch of questions here. And there are two <laughs> that are substantial. So I want to get those out of the way or have the capacity to be. Um, and then the, the others are rapid fire idiocy that, that I okay. think is awesome. Um, but uh, Kevin with an E uh, said that you've shown that personality is king. Uh, I had low self-esteem at school till the moment I was put in front of an audience in acting class. It's when I grew the confidence I needed to make moves in life and lead me to success. He says, were you, or asks, were you in a difficult position in school and if so what was the turning point that gave you the confidence to do all of this and what, what would you say to somebody who's not at that point yet and maybe in a tough spot
0: that's a really that's a good ass question it's a really good question um, <laughs> yeah yeah no i love that um so uh in for me in school i think i have a very unique um like school experience than a lot of people because i i had a graduating class of 80 people um like very tiny um, I wasn't necessarily popular, but I also wasn't like super um like hated or or I was just kind of there. Um, and, but I did have extremely low self esteem. Um, and uh, self esteem is something I've always dealt with. Uh, that being said, it's difficult because in high school you're gonna be everyone sucks. Everyone sucks in high school. You're you're never gonna <laughs> not suck in high school, but you can you can. Think about things and and say to yourself, okay, so everyone in high school sucks, but I'm going to be the best version of me I can be today. And and honestly, if, if that is your goal going into every single day, I think that's going to help you so much. Um, and it helped me to be able to just sit back and say, I don't need to necessarily be friends with every single person I, I, I need to be friends with or, or want to be friends with. I, I don't need every single day to be hundred percent perfect. As long as I'm doing the best I can for me, that's, that's all I need to do. Um, and what I would say to, sorry, what, what was the, there was a lot of questions at the end there.
2: Yeah, there were a few, um, it was, yeah, what was the turning point? And then what would you say to somebody who, who is in a tough spot and hasn't reached that turning point?
0: if you're in a tough spot, it's okay. Like, especially if you're in high school, it's, it's so normal and, and it's, it's okay to, to feel like you're, you're out of your element because you're, you have so much time to figure things out for yourself and, and get to where you want to be. And it's really just baby steps. Baby steps are so important. If every single day, I, I mean, there's, there's, all sorts of things you can uh, read, like like um, there's there's a bunch of self help books. But if you if you do one thing to help yourself every single day, then you'll uh, over time like one percent change every single day over time. Immediately, like w- makes yourself better, like way better over time, drastically. Um, I I think I explained that very poorly, but.
2: It's a compounding, Dude, it's, compounding thing, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's it's so okay to not be uh, on top of things yet, and if if you're struggling with things, um, you can lean on people around you. Um, you you'll figure things out, and and you'll get past this, and you can keep moving forward, and and that's super important. I I genuinely had lots of times where I felt like it was the end of the world, and here I am on the other side. I'm I'm doing my best again, you know, so don't worry.
2: That's a really good complete answer, and I was thinking, oh, wh- what did I think was about? It? Yeah, I it was, felt yeah. like
0: I was stumbling through all of that, dude.
2: No, well, you hit a bunch <laughs> of important stuff. And when when I was in high school, Kid Rock had just become famous, and I, I remember in one of his songs, he says, "Fuck all, y'all." And I remember hearing that and thinking, like, "Oh, that that's actually fairly good advice. I'm going to stick with that." Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> so, hearing a an extremely uh, nuanced explanation was pretty good.
1: <laughs> I, I can't believe your self-help advice is kid rock lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> that That's where you learned how to be a better person. <laughs> <laughs> it's, from, it's from, from, from Bawit to Baw. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Well, um, this one,
2: this one I actually want you both to answer because it's read right on the same theme. Andrew asked, What was the best or worst experience when you were in school? I, I suppose you get to choose. Uh,
0: I hated school uh, every single time. Um, okay. Best experiences were always with friends, worst experiences were uh, the times when I would have to do something in front of a class uh, because I was terrible at public speaking. Um, uh, anything with friends that was essentially uh, goofing off and, and doing something completely unrelated to school while on school hours, I I love. Uh, there was like um, in my last year, I had a study hall where I worked at the front desk uh, and just did small little tasks and, and got to uh, have a nice little area to myself with some friends and we just did some stupid bullshit during that period <laughs> and it, that was super fun.
2: It's funny Matt, that you say those I, two things. That's what you do now. You goof off with friends on a massive public scale.
1: The, yeah, the thing you loved and the true. thing you hated have,
2: have become one. It's fascinating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, I have to tell you that I I, I remembered something. So uh, senior year, I had a study hall right after lunch And your mom was the aide who was watching the study hall. And I wasn't on her list for people that were supposed to be in that study hall. So I left and I just went back to lunch and she never said anything. So that entire year, I had two lunches every day. (laughs) The double lunch is was, the highlight of school. Yeah, well, dude, is does it get better than two lunches?
0: No, uh, I mean maybe three lunches. You
1: guys oh, are, oh my, you gosh. guys are both like hobbits
2: with like second lunch and third lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Patrick asked, uh, looking back retrospectively on the situation with the narrator in solitary confinement, how can you avoid what, what the
0: fuck? How can Wait, you? What?
2: I all I do is purvey the questions.
0: <laughs> that's ancient.
2: That's ancient. <laughs> and uh, the video he popped that's with like it.
0: that's like three years old. What the fuck? Wait, okay. What's the question?
2: So, looking back on that with the narrator in solitary confinement. How can you avoid friendship, breaking conflicts and conflicts in a uh, collaborative relationship?
0: <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Uh, I would say be willing to communicate with the people around you. Uh, the biggest thing when dealing with, if you want to talk about collaborative relationships, the biggest thing is always communication. If if you are not communicating your your issues or problems and being afraid to, to talk about the the issues that are, are holding things back or making things more difficult, uh, then just be willing to talk about them and and just know, you know, I, I think it's important to have a, a mature way of, of looking at things where you both know, even if you argue over something, it's not going to ruin your friendship. Um, looking back at that particular situation for the person asking, uh, I don't fucking know, <laughs> I don't know how I would have handled that, but, uh, in, in general, I think it's very healthy to, to just be willing to communicate and both of you, uh, like anyone that, that you're, you're in a working relationship with, make sure you're communicating the best you can. Um, and, and that will help you tenfold.
2: And as follow up is, when are you going back to Fazoli's? Never. uh it's rapid fire now okay are you
0: prepared for this i was born ready
2: chinchilla wants to know did pizza get another job no my satellite wants to know if five guys is overrated Ooh,
0: Mm. i don't think five guys is overrated i think i think the burger industry as a whole is is too nuanced for people to uh, be so critical over every single thing. Um, I think it's interesting how many people shit on In-N-Out and so many people hold up In-N-Out as the best thing on earth. Uh, same thing with Five Guys. It's very strange that people care so much about burgers and, and burger places. I think it's okay to have different opinions on bar- a variety of burger places from person to person, <laughs> but it seems to be a big deal. Next question.
2: <laughs> Where would you put five guys on the tier list though? Roughly
0: on a tier list. Uh, so I'm an in and out person, okay. I, but I can take a step back and say in and out is overrated. Uh, but personally I would write, rate in and out over five guys. Cause I'm a big fan of in and outs, fresh, um, food. Mm, yeah. Like they get it from farms, like, like super close by. And, and I, I just really fuck with that.
2: Well, I'm your dad needs to know your opinion on the banana war.
0: What? The banana war. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means.
2: That actually isn't required. What what's required here the is banana your banana war on the banana war. And I think that you should give let an me, opinion. Well,
0: let me look up, let me look up the banana war. How about that? Um,
2: you could always give an opinion without knowing what it is.
0: Well, I don't want to do that because it could be something <laughs> horrific.
2: <laughs> this, this also is why we had it. Yeah. We, uh, we're, in a rush, getting the uh, the live chat going. The banana
0: wars were occupations, police actions, and interventions on the part of the United States in Central America and the Caribbean between the end of the Spanish-American War in 1898 and the inception of the Good Neighbor Policy in 1934. These military interventions were most often carried out by the United States Marine Corps. Uh, I have no feelings one way or the other on the banana war. It's I don't think that's what neutral. they were referencing.
2: Seems unlikely, <laughs> seems unlikely, but if you did have a solid opinion on the actual Banana Wars, that,
1: that would have been intriguing. That <laughs> would have been amazing. I, I love the idea of clipping out Carson reads the top line <laughs> wiki of the Banana Wars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hydra uh, has good. a good one. How many cats have you petted uh, approximately? If you can give a rough value.
0: One, one cat. I uh, I had a, my sister had a cat. Uh, and, and, uh, it, it died a few years ago, but I, I only have really petted that cat. It's gone now. Can't pet it anymore. Will you pet but another I, in the future? I mean, I might, I, I'm a little bit of a cat person. I might get a cat at some point, uh, if I'm feeling responsible enough to take care of another being besides myself. <laughs> That's cool.
2: That's cool. Isaac had uh, one that, that actually is, is also substantial that I mixed up here. Um, Did your views, you know, you, you talked about all this stuff in the last months. Did your view on, on approaching content creation change over that time? Did you come out of it with kind of a different view at all different with, with
0: what you're doing? Mm, Yes. (laughs) I don't know how to describe the change. Uh, I can try, uh, oh man, I'd have to think about it more. That's a tough, that's a tough question. Is there something that felt different Um, that I'm not just doing anything anymore. I'm trying to make stuff that I enjoy more or try to be more open with creative ideas that I want to pursue. I don't know if that wraps up my, I have a very, I think it changed, but it's hard to put a finger on, on what changed in particular for me. Um, so how about I just answer your question with, uh, the next few months? <laughs> That's fair. Keep an eye out.
2: <laughs> well, probably the most important question. Um, and it's one that, that we ask Chad, anything for views and John Swan. Um, it's important wow. that we ask you as well. What is okay. your persona? <laughs>
0: A big fucking like raven looking thing with big fucking wings, like huge wings. Right. And I've got a huge beak too. And, and, and I have, I have, I have a bunch of kids that I brought along with me and they're inside eggs and I, and I feed them via my beak. I spit in their mouths with my, with my bird food that I brought with me and I'm a, and I'm a furry, a big Raven furry, right? And I spit into their into their child mouths like a bird. I'm a <laughs> raven. I'm a big fucking dark raven.
1: Dude, can we just can we just pause for a minute and recognize that all of these other questions you were like stumbling on in a way to like gather your thoughts, but the fursona one was like a laser beam answer where you just had like everything like clearly, like precisely detailed You've thought from about the this. beak to the, to the egg. No, i never
0: thought about this.
1: I, I, I have a hard time believing
2: that. That was extremely uh. detailed to come off the cuff.
0: Uh, it's because it was a joke, not a, not me trying to sound smart.
2: I don't believe it. Oh man. I'm sorry to call uh, you a I, liar after I, all this when time. When I
0: come on podcasts like this, when I come on podcasts like this, I really try to try to be smarter than I usually am. And, and it's difficult, but you give me a question about my persona, things get a little bit easier. <laughs>
1: It was like it was like you were looking at a at a at a poster that you'd recently commissioned of this exact creature. <laughs>
0: well actually it's more like four creatures because I'm a big fucking raven and then I have three raven egg children, right? And I'm feeding them beak to beak.
1: <laughs> beak to I don't beak. know where I, I, I don't know where we go from there. We I don't think we I don't think we go anywhere good, <laughs> actually, what would be great is if uh anybody listening who is an artist could uh whip up an illustration of that
0: <laughs> make me big. I want to be a big raven,
1: <laughs> please do it oh Andre says I'm on it a p m he's already he's already working on it. It has begun oh yeah, oh man, we will share that with everyone once it's completed, and I'm sure it'll be magnificent. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, is that is that the end of our uh, baby gang questions, Matt? That is
2: that is the limit. We've taken it to the limit. Yes,
1: beautiful. Well, my face hurts from laughing at that. I can't wait to see Andre's uh, <laughs> depiction. Hurts. It does. It
0: does. My <laughs> I'm cheeks. sorry I caused you pain.
1: Oh man, it's it's a good pain. It's the pain oh. of of laughter, the joy uh, that you bring,
0: Carson. Well, that's very kind of you.
1: Look, man, uh, don't be a stranger. You know, um, I'm still open to being on your uh, game show, whatever My that game is. Show,
0: we yeah. already recorded it, buddy. I'm sorry, uh, it's well, too late.
1: Whenever you, when you, whenever you have another one, I, dude,
0: I'm, I'm so down. I'll get you in, and maybe you too, Matthew. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, thank you so much
1: for uh, taking the time out of your busy day. I know that you have a, a main channel video that you need to work on. I saw that tweet as well.
0: Yeah. That's the game show. Oh, that is the game show. Okay. That awesome. The game show. Yeah. All right. Uh, and yeah, no problem. Glad to come on anytime, dude. Anytime. I, I actually really enjoyed this podcast and, and I enjoyed talking to you guys. So it was fun.
1: Beautiful. Thanks Carson. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. All right. All right. All right. And, uh, if anybody, uh, you know, wants to, um, join us as our patrons did live during this awesome recording, just go to patreon.com slash the create unknown for future recordings like this. This is a new thing for us. We're very excited about it. Um, you know, Matt, this was, this was your baby and give I, them I'm glad money. That you give
0: them money. They need it. Give them money. <laughs>
2: yes, we do. They, 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 <laughs> I, I have spread to your, spread your
0: babies dollar bills over there, <laughs> over there, uh, the create unknown.
2: <laughs> Kevin needs a new pair of Gucci Crocs.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it's been awesome with, uh, everybody in the live chat and, and seeing the reactions, uh, telling little stories and stuff that, Are offshoots of what you've been saying, Carson, uh, it's, it's a really neat experience. So I'm happy that it worked out and I'm, I'm, I, I really hope anybody who's interested, uh, jumps in
1: to, uh, be a part of the live stuff from here on out. What's so funny is that when we were talking about stands and changing profile pictures, <laughs> all, of our, all of our listeners changed their profile picture to Matt's mm. profile picture. And so the chat it. right now, is, yeah, it's just like a thousand tabers. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> it's hilarious. I know. No, it's it, good. I was looking when I was going through the questions. I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell who's who at this point because they're all me. Uh, You know, it's hard enough to have a, to listen to a conversation and and chime in and read along at the same time and type the occasional response. And then when everybody changes their name to your name, it's, it's a little bit of a scramble. It really cracks your nut. Uh, Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah, indeed. All right. Thanks everyone. We got to go join us in the discord, go to our Patreon. and um, until then see you space cowboys. Space cowboys.